G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, did you make a New Year's resolution around money this year? Did you say, I need to save more, I need to pay down my credit card? Did you say, property prices are dropping, maybe it's time to get into the market? Did you say, it's my year to start being a clever investor? Well, resolutions often fizzle by the end of January. So it's a great time to pause and reassess some basic plans to get finances back on track. And it's always good to welcome Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose, joining us once again. Hi, Alex. Welcome back to 2020. Hey, Neil. Happy New Year to you. Great to be back for 2023. Hey, Alex, you've heard my introduction there. Uh, Sometimes New Year's resolutions, they feel good when we're doing them. We say, well, this is the year. We're going to get things back on track going to get control of those finances, going to do things that are positive, and, uh, and then come the end of January, come this time of year, come today, uh, some of those <laughs> things are fizzled. So uh, an, an interesting time to get into some of the basics we can get back into. Absolutely. No, look, as you say, it is that time of year, and I guess probably the, the thing that tends to happen, Pete, people start off well with the right intent, uh, so that they, you know, they have the right goal in place, whatever it is they're, they're thinking of doing for the year. But the reason I think the wheels uh, fall off uh, is because they fail to implement. In other words, it's it's nice to have a goal for the year, like you know you mentioned before when you're doing the intro, save more and things like that, save more, give more. But that needs to translate into execution, and so. Uh, to me, the ultimate uh, determinant of your financial uh, success is going to be your behaviour. So we need to translate the uh, the resolutions into behaviours, and that will really help you get on track in 2023. Now, it can't be just about behaviours, Alex, because here we are. Uh, we're Christian brothers in Christ. Uh, listeners are saying, you know, is my money the way that I spend it just the way that everybody else uh, does their plans with money too? How do you get into a, a thought where somehow rather understanding that our money belongs to God, we're stewards of it, as surrendering our whole financial si- si- situation uh, to God's uh, blessing and dealings with us through the year? Well, look, you hit the nail on the head. We need to surrender. But the, the Christian life is a surrendered life. You know, when we when we decide to follow Christ, we, we give up our rights and we choose to follow him, uh, whatever the cost. And uh, that means surrendering everything. Uh, and, of course, surrendering everything to him includes our finances. Uh, and there's a great passage, uh, a number of ones that really allude to what you mentioned before, and that's... Uh, the idea that everything belongs to God. You know, one of the ones I love, Psalm 24, which says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So not only are our possessions, you know, from God, but we uh, we ourselves belong to God. And, of course, that, that lays out, I think, a big challenge for all of us that uh, really we're his stewards. And that means we're his managers 
Uh, and each of us have been, you know, given different amounts. Some of us listening might have a lot, some may have a little, but whatever God has put into our hands, we need to be faithful. And so we need to, to surrender it, really hand it back to him. It's his, his to begin with and uh, commit ourselves uh, in prayer to being faithful with what he's put in our hands. Um, and it's not, not always easy. You know, we've got a world that's sending us all sorts of messages every day about what you should have and, you know, what's important. And those values are often very different uh, to what God's word says. You know, as, as Christians, we, we say, actually, we're here for eternity. And so the, the way we, you know, spend and handle our money should reflect an eternal perspective as we steward God's resources. So, yeah, but it starts with surrendering, handing it over to God, realising it's actually all his anyway. And I guess not all about us either, because we're a part of the kingdom of God. And, you know, you could pick up some scriptural references. Don't just bury that talent or that resource you have, but invest it and do some wise things with it. I guess you've got to set a few goals to be able to to do those things. Yeah, absolutely. And those goals, as you say, um, you know, as Christians, we need to think, think through these things a little bit differently. Of course, there'll be some common goals. You know, most Christians will have a home loan, for example, at some point. So we want to pay off our debts. We all know that we're going to die. So we should have estate goals. You know, who are we going to leave God's money to? So, you know, the, the Christian element changes the way we think about these goals. Um, of course, saving is, is both a practical thing, but it's also how, you know, you're going to get ahead and prepare for the future. Um, but we can't neglect things like our giving. You know, as a, as a Christian, I've got, I'm called to live a generous life and, and to reflect, you know, Christ in, in the way I handle my money. So I need to be generous with my money. So I say to people, you should, you should have giving goals, um, you know, and that might be something, you know, you might start this year and might say, right, I'm going to commit to giving 10% of my income to kingdom causes. Well, but next year you might say, well, actually, you know what, that went, that was, that was quite easy. I'm going to bump it up to 11% this year and then 12% and keep, you know, keep expanding your vision for how um, you're going to be generous. But the reason why you need these goals, and this is, this is the critical thing here, is goals are about pointing you in the right direction because, uh, you know, there's that cliche that if you, you aim for nothing, you'll definitely get there. And, and so as Christians, we're, we have a, you know, a duty as God's stewards to be prepared, to plan and prepare. Um, obviously, God's plans are going to be what prevails, but we have a duty as good stewards to plan and prepare. And so setting goals is about pointing our finances in the right direction uh, and really seeking God with what those goals should be and how, um, you know, how he wants us to fulfil them. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a critical activity um, because it'll point you in the right direction. Alex, it's one thing to say I need to earn enough money, I need to get some income from investments, uh, those things are going to set me up to do all of those things you're talking about there, uh, but what about keeping spending under control? Is there some sort of special plan you can implement with your own spending to, uh, to try and uh, capture some of those areas where we're fairly loose with our, our finance? <laughs> well, welcome to the, the challenge that most of us have. Probably spending is the, is the hardest one of all in the sense that this is where, you know, I mentioned a bit earlier on about behaviour. Our, our success with money is going to come down to how we behave with money. So spending is critical. 
Um, and in fact, Jesus himself uh, suggests uh, that we should have a plan. You know, in Luke 14, 28, Jesus said, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? So if we take that principle of sitting down, preparing, estimating the costs, we should do that with our spending. You know, often when people come and see me and they, they want to ask me about retirement and we talk about how much do they need, a huge number of people, when I say to them, how much income do you think you'll need in retirement? A huge number of people can't answer that question. And it's because they don't know how much they spend. And so what I would want to encourage listeners to do here is to do a spending plan or more colloquially, you know, people use the word budget. Um, but really, this is about saying, how am I spending my money uh, or God's money? And am I spending it wisely? And there's Lots of practical ways you can do here. And of course, there's things you've got to spend your money on, whether it's your rent, your mortgage, your food, all those usuals. But I want to challenge people to put your giving at the top of the list. You know, the Bible, whether you take a number of Old Testament concepts like first fruits, etc., and tithing, or if you take New Testament cost concepts like seek first his kingdom, any way you look at it, God should be first with our spending plans. So have a think about how you're going to, who you're going to give to and how much you're going to give to as part of your spending plan. Set that up first. Um, but the big concept that I'd probably want to leave people with when it comes to thinking about how you're spending your money is that to get ahead, you need to live beneath your means. You know, people hear the cliche, live within your means. I want to encourage people to live beneath your means because that's the only way you're ultimately going to get ahead. You need a surplus every month. You know, if money's coming in from your salary versus money going out and your expenses, you need a surplus in order to get ahead. Um, and what you do with that surplus will have a huge impact on your long-term uh, financial position. So, yep, having a spending plan is a critical one that we can't avoid. Well, 1-800-316-316. If you have a question for Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose, a listener has called through with a question here. It's Petronella in Western Australia who has a question. Alex, she says she's about to change banks for her home loan. It's unloan owned by Commonwealth Bank and it's only 12 months old. Is this move... A, to a new young bank too risky. Now, I think you might have interpret that question there. Uh, thoughts there about changing banks with your mortgage? Yeah, well, look, given how much interest rates have been rising over the last six months, we've, you know, interest rates, what, nine months ago were at the lowest level ever, and now we've got the fastest rising interest rates in history. Um, so full credit to, to her for actually looking at alternatives because you should. I mean, you should be trying to get the best rate possible um, to minimise your repayments. So changing banks these days is, is a fairly straightforward process. Um, is, is it a good idea or not? It's difficult to comment on specific banks without knowing the detail. But really, there's a couple of things you want to look at when you're changing banks. You want to make sure that obviously the, the new bank, uh, that the deal they're giving you is one that's likely to be sustained. Sometimes they, they suck you in with a really good looking offer, but then the rates go up quicker. And so what looked good on paper isn't that great. The second thing you need to consider is the, the refinancing cost. So when you refinance a home loan, there's a number of costs associated with it. 
Uh, one is the discharge from the old loan, the other is the application fee for the new loan, and then there's mortgage stamp duty and a few other bits and pieces. So you need to actually determine whether it's worth switching or not, okay, because you've got to work out whether that cost is justified. And then there's other considerations you want to consider, such as whether you're going to make the loan fixed and variable. Um, but in terms of commenting, as I say, on specific banks, that is difficult to do without knowing um, but the thing is, you want to know things like, is the new bank going to give you reasonably good customer service? Because some banks are really good, some are, some are terrible. Um, but to me, searching around for a good deal is a very sensible thing to be doing uh, at this stage, given uh, what we've seen over the last 12 months. Okay, a sensible thing. Look around. Thank you so much for that question, Petronella. Let's take some calls. Kim is on the line from New South Wales. Hi, Kim. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Kim. What are your thoughts? Do you have a question for Alex? Oh, uh, many. As all as I can say is God doesn't want <laughs> me to have much money. <laughs> um, because I sold... Okay, it wasn't much. Uh, I had to for health reasons because it was out of town a bit. And well, the agents, they said they didn't know, but they just want a quick sale. I know that. And it took me years to sell it anyway. And... Um, you know, now they sell it for at least a hundred thousand more. They haven't even done anything to it. So, um, and I haven't got enough to buy anything. I'm retired and got um, mobility issues, but I'm not quite ready for a nursing home. That I hope I never go in. Um, but I'm just renting. But I would like to because you don't know what will happen with rents. They're just going up and up, and you can be evicted for no reason and all sorts of awful things. And um, Kim, you've got a. It's a. There's plenty to work with here, I'm sure. And uh, thank you so much for being so uh, candid and open about what's happening with your finances at the moment. And Alex Cook, uh, your thoughts here for Kim? Yeah, look, I mean, I feel for her. You know, she's at the phase of life where she said she's retired, and um, there's some challenges there, still renting, etc. Um, hard to obviously know. Uh, the full picture here because obviously there was only limited information but look I would really encourage Kim to seek God with all of this because I think what you want to do is lay this at God's feet and say God what is it that you would like me to do where would you like me to live would you like me to see if I can buy something with what I've got left over because it sounds like you've got proceeds from the sale of a house and given house prices are falling maybe there's an opportunity uh, to get back in if you've got uh, enough resources there. Um, and also, uh, you know, consider alternatives, maybe living arrangements with, you know, where you're sharing with others if that's appropriate as well. So you can bring down your, your costs and your rents and so forth. As I say, it's difficult without knowing the, the full picture, um, but certainly encourage you just to, to seek God and ask for his guidance uh, in, your, in the path that you've got to take. Alex, just before we let uh, Kim go here, just coming back to what Kim said at the beginning of uh, when I just said introduced Kim. She said, uh, I'm sure God doesn't want me to have any money. And when you've gone through a circumstance uh, where things didn't go well, uh, you came off on the losing end. Uh, this thought that uh, that God doesn't want you to have some level of blessing by way of finance. Any thoughts here for Kim? Yeah, look, that's, it's, it's not an uncommon thought, but I would actually encourage you to think differently. God loves his, uh, you know, loves his children and God is a generous father. So I, I believe that God wants us. It's not that he wants 
his people to all be wealthy. That's not the point at all. But he does want to. He does promise that he'll look after us. And so I believe uh, that God will uh, provide and will supply you with all your needs. And so when you feel like that, uh, to me, it's a case of. Uh, crying out to God and asking him and, and really trying to put your trust in him that he is your source of provision and that he's going to get you through these things uh, because all of us at some point will face these tough times. It, it comes to everybody, um, but we need to have that positive attitude and realise that God is a loving and generous father and that he can restore. That's one of the other things. People think, oh, you know, I've lost things, but God is a God of restoration and he can uh, restore you back to the way things were as well. Kim, thank you so much for your call. And uh, 1-800-316-316. We're only talking money for just a few more minutes and we'll take another call. Uh, we'll keep our talkback lines open because we're going to begin to talk about prayer in just a short while too. But let's take another call. Eileen is in Queensland. Hi, Eileen. Welcome. Hello, Eileen. Yes. Eileen, Hello. yes, what's your question for Alex? Um, this is a tricky one. It's about tithing. Yep. If you're on a pension and and you just can't afford to tithe 10% of your pension, what's Alex's thoughts on that? Alex, thoughts for Eileen? Uh, it's a... It's a it's a great question. I'd encourage you to go to my YouTube channel in about two days' time where I've put up a, a one-hour video with a, an expert academic on tithing. Which, and the question is, is tithing for today? Um, so, look, it's a great question, Eileen. Um, and so the way I'd answer it is by saying um, when we look at the New Testament, it, it encourages us to live within our means. God... Um, you know, God is not, this is not about being legalistic. And I know some churches push a strong tithing message, but really there's there's two main logical positions that come out throughout, throughout when I talk to pastors. Uh, one is obviously a, a sort of a fairly strong tithing message that you give 10% no matter what. That's a, that's a fairly common sort of message, giving 10% of your, your income. And the other is more one of a generosity message, which is more what you read from the New Testament. Um, so there's a huge theological discussion that sits behind all of this. But my encouragement to you would be that if you can't afford to tithe, then you sh then you shouldn't in the sense that you shouldn't be giving 10% if you couldn't. In other words, God does not want you to put yourself into a position of financial distress. However, I do believe you should be sowing into things. So you should be sowing into your church. You should be sowing generously into those things. Um, but that doesn't mean a strict tithe per se. Um, as I say, there's a complicated uh, tithe, you know, theology that sits behind all of this, which we, we don't really have time for at the moment. Um, but I would encourage you to, to always give something, even if it's a small amount, and, and do, do it out of a, a heart that says, I trust God, he's going to provide for all my needs, and, and I'm still going to sow into things and, and live generously as much as I can. Uh, within my means. You know, you do need to live within your means. It's very important. Eileen in Queensland, thank you so much for your question. Just remember, Alex, a conversation with an older lady just recently who was talking to me about something similar like this and, and she'd raised this, that she was having difficulty living within her means and then feeling this expectation to be giving a tithe at church. And she was encouraged by someone within her church who said, well, you know what, uh, you're there making jams and pickles 
for sale on a street stall each week and you put in all of your resources and effort into that, um, that actually has to be worth something before God. When you talk about uh, different ways that you can sow into your church community and into the community as, uh, you know, as uh, the hands and feet of Christ, that does actually have a value, doesn't it? 100%. 100%. And, and I'd encourage us to think like that. You know, we're called to be stewards of our time, our talent and our treasure. And so we should be doing our, our best to sow within, within those things. Yeah. So I, I would encourage, uh, you know, not to feel, you don't feel guilty about these things. And, and sometimes tithing message can come across very strongly and people feel that way. They shouldn't feel that way at all. Just so uh, generously with what God has put in your hands and, uh, yeah, live within your means. Eileen, thank you so much for your call. Hey, Alex, time has run out, but I don't want to uh, let you go without uh, a little insight here into what's coming with the marriage and money tour. You're uh, combining uh, your resources and uh, focus on the family and doing a tour that's coming up. Uh, What are you bringing to the table? Yeah, so look, we're really excited. So focus on the family. I would call them the, the marriage experts. <laughs> and I, and uh, I'm, I'm bringing the money piece. And so what we're doing is we're doing two types of formats. One is like an evening uh, seminar, which will go for an hour and a half, where we're going to sew in some principles on marriage and some principles on money and how those two go together. Uh, and that's really just that's really beneficial information in a short period. But for those who want a bit more meat on the bone, so to speak, then we've got full day conferences as well. So there's going to be one in Brisbane, there's one in Sydney and one in Melbourne. And they're the full all day Saturday ones where we're just going to get to be able to get into the more detail, more depth. And then there are four, obviously, more content. And um, But you can find out more on the website. So there's a website for that, marriageandmoney.com.au, and that's got all the information on the events, the dates, uh, and uh, what we're going to be talking about. Okay, marriageandmoney.com.au. You'll also find those dates on the Vision website, vision.org.au. And starting on the 15th of February, that first seminar in Melbourne. Uh, then there's uh, there's one, uh, there's another one in Melbourne on the 16th, uh, Brisbane the 25th, the 1st of March in Geelong, the 4th of March in Melbourne, the 8th of March in Newcastle, the 9th and 11th of March in Sydney. So keep your eye out for the Marriage and Money Tour. And there is a special webinar that's coming up too on the 22nd of February. You'll be able to register for that on the Vision website. Alex Cook, always great getting such great insights. You can connect with Alex Cook at wealthwithpurpose.com. All sorts of good free resources on Alex's site. You can follow him on Facebook and Twitter. There's an Ask Alex uh, at wealthwithpurpose.com email to Alex. Thanks so much for a great update once again today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. My pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.